Welcome to Inside the NCAA. I'm Michelle Brutlake-Hosek. The NCAA convention is right around the corner in January, and one of the focal points of discussion will be the legislation on name, image, and likeness in all three divisions. To provide an update on where Division I sits with its process, I'm here with Grace Calhoun, Chair of the Division I Council and Athletics Director at the University of Pennsylvania. Grace, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Now, in addition to all those titles I just mentioned, you also are co-chair of the Division I Legislative Solutions Group. You've been leading Division I's name, image, and likeness uh, conversation since the beginning. What are the highlights of what the Division I proposals say right now and how they allow student athletes to use their name, image, and likeness? Well, thanks, Michelle. And there were, are certainly a lot of highlights. It has been uh, about uh, exactly a 12-month process in going from high-level concepts that the working group established to refining those concepts, to drafting them in legislative form, and now a lot of back and forth with the membership to continue refinements and make sure we get the legislation in the right place. And uh, the, the legislation as it's written really does a lot of exciting things, Michelle. It does everything from uh, allowing student athletes to um, profit and promote camps and clinics and teaching private lessons to promoting and profiting from their own uh, products and services, as well as endorsing commercial products and services. Um, they can get uh, paid for their autographs or for personal appearances through these legislative changes. Uh, they could also do things such as uh, crowdfunding to support nonprofits, or even uh, doing crowdfunding to try to raise educational expenses that aren't covered by, uh, by the, uh, the legislation and the, the current cost of attendance limits. Um, they could receive professional advice and um, use that to, to grow their, their brands, to, uh, to, to get more followers. They uh, certainly could uh, have professional representation under these rules in looking at contract negotiations and how they profit. So it does a lot of really exciting things. But I also want to be clear that there are some key things that it doesn't do. Uh, we certainly don't want to um, allow the institutions to get involved in uh, promoting and uh, helping the student athletes profit from their name image likeness. So we've talked a lot about the difference between appropriate institutional assistance, uh, where the institutions really help the student athletes get educated and learn and grow, but don't cross the line, um, you know, to getting involved in their activities, uh, to things like um, institutions helping to secure endorsement deals for student athletes. We don't want that inappropriate uh, involvement. And we've talked a lot about not using school marks uh, by the student athletes. So again, it's incredibly permissive. It does a lot of great things, but we preserve those boundaries. Well, it sounds like there's a lot more opportunity in, the, in this new world. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's next in the process? 
Yeah, so the process from here is uh, everything is leading up, as you said in the opening, Michelle, to uh, the NCAA convention and the council meeting in conjunction with the NCAA convention where the vote will happen on these proposals. We have a council meeting, as you well know, uh, this Wednesday uh, and then and then that early January council meeting. So it's still possible that there will be continued discussions and uh, some some uh, additional refinements to the uh, the legislation. Legislation. It's it's been a long process of uh, heavy membership engagement to uh, to ensure we end up in the right spot. But it's all leading to early January with that uh, uh, eventual vote. Can you talk a little bit about that that membership engagement? Um, how how have how has the Legislative Solutions Group engaged the membership? So quite extensively, I would say, uh, if you look back to the early working group days where um, Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman and Ohio State AD Gene Smith um, co-chaired that group, there, there was a lot of uh, uh, conversations with the membership. And then from the time uh, I uh, was asked to uh, co-chair the Legislative Solutions Group with uh, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, um, there has been constant back and forth with the membership. Um, everything from a couple of surveys to um, heavy correspondence with the conference offices to um, webinars. I think we've all been asked to, to do a lot of, uh, of webinars. Uh, Kevin Lennon and the NCA team have been awesome in making themselves so available. So we really have had um, a great dialogue throughout and uh, it's certainly complicated stuff. It's, uh, it's uh, stuff that, that people have a lot of opinions on, but we love the fact that there has been and this rich uh, dialogue and perhaps um, uh, this is one time where COVID and having to learn to get really good at doing things uh, remotely, uh, whether it be through webinars or just all these electronic platforms has really advantaged us because we perhaps never had more engagement with the membership than we have right now. And how do you think that will help uh, get when it comes time to vote? Yeah, I think that really helps because uh, as with anything else, and uh, listen, at the end of the day, we're in higher education and higher education is all about process, how you uh, involve different st stakeholders, you really try hard to understand their perspectives, and then there's generally a lot of compromise that happens to get to the, the right place. So uh, I, I'm so proud of how well I think we have collaborated with all the different stakeholders. And of course, there's no more important stakeholders than our student athletes, and they've very much been a part of this process. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about how have they been involved? Yeah, so um, everything from serving on the, um, the working groups to uh, a lot of back and forth with the National Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Um, I think a highlight of this governance structure that we now have is that the student athletes are so embedded in it, whether it be service on standing committees or um, having student athletes on all these different working groups. So there's really the opportunity to get the direct student athlete voice and these student athletes are leaders. Uh, they come to the meetings prepared, they speak up, um, they give us great feedback, they have great ideas, but they also go back and forth with the national SAC and make sure you know they're bringing in broader perspectives. So they've been heavily engaged and uh, they energize the, the whole group. Definitely. Now you also, in, in addition to all your other titles, are a member of the NSA Board of Governors. 
So in that role, you participated in the conversations from the very top, um, from developing the guiding principles that each division has used in building its own proposals. So one of the directives that the Board of Governors came up with was um, to modernize the rules for student athletes in a way that supports the, the college model um, where students are, are students and not employees. As an athletics director, how do you think these proposals will meet that directive? Michelle, I think they do that really well. Um, I have had the opportunity in my uh, seven years now at, at Penn to quite literally travel the world and including a lot of uh, travel back and forth to the Far East. And we know that our um, system of, of college athletics, the, the NCAA is the envy of the world because it, it's a true amateur model that really works. And we double down on our commitment to the holistic development of young people. We are about education. For first and foremost, and an amateur model. So there are certain lines that we never want to cross. Um, it's clear that student athletes uh, should not receive pay for play. And there should be nothing that happens in all of this that appears to um, professionalize them or give them um, employee status. Uh, so we worked really hard, again, to find those proper boundaries. Um, but it's uh, it's been a time of great change for the NCAA. And over the last number of years, we've done so many things as a membership to give our student athletes more rights and freedoms to do what they feel is in their best interest athletically, academically, and personally. And these um, legislative proposals take enormous steps forward to really empower our student athletes to make decisions that they feel are in their best interest. Uh, but again, it's, it's done so within our amateur model of college athletics, where our students are, are there to be students first. Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. For, for Inside the NCAA, I'm Michelle Brutlag-Hosick. Thanks for listening. <laughs>